When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this live episode of Flippin' Bats. It is Thursday. I am joined by Alex Curry. This one is going to be a blast. The AL MVP race is heating up. It is Roberto Clemente Day. The Dodgers have clinched. There's so much to talk about. And pitching ninja Rob Friedman will be joining me as usual. This one is going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to it. A high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, my friends? First and foremost, it is a big day. It is Roberto Clemente Day. And what better day? I don't think there is a better day to wear this jersey because one, it's a sick jersey, and two, it's Roberto Clemente's. So just a great day. I'll talk all about him a little bit later in this episode. Uh, But also some big news that happened. I talked about it on Monday. Um, Minor League Baseball has officially joined the Players Union The MLBPA has joined with minor league baseball, and they are finally unionized. Alex, I don't know if this is a huge deal to you, but this means a lot to me, and it's a big deal for the game of baseball. It's mind-blowing that it took this long for this to happen. I mean, you talked about the stories. I've heard the stories from players that came from the minors up to the big leagues, just about the conditions that they had to live in, scraping for money to be able to afford just to pay, to play baseball, have second jobs. So this, hopefully, is going to help all that, improve it. Congratulations for minor league baseball. This is huge. It is huge. You know, you know what's interesting here is years ago, I was talking to Tori Hunter, yeah. who all-time great, great outfielder. Faves. And he was talking about his minor league situation and like his first year, what he made. Yeah. And he was a minor leaguer 20 plus years before I was. Mm -hmm. And we made the same thing. That is crazy. 20 years later, I made the same thing Torrey Hunter made. Like, how was that legal? And it was bad then. Yeah. It was bad when he did it. Yeah. So this is great news for minor league baseball and baseball as a whole. But I talked about it a ton on Monday. So if you want to hear me go into a deep dive on what this means for baseball and how huge this is, listen to that episode. But it finally got done. It is officially official. And speaking of officially official, the Los Angeles Dodgers are officially in the playoffs. Not that we ever doubted it. It was going to be done, but it is officially done. The Dodgers are in. They have won the division. They won the division on September 13th. Now, that's early already. You add on top of that that this season started late, and then it's even more impressive. This is the earliest Dodgers division title securement, if you will, since they moved to Los Angeles. Wow. 
This is the earliest. Alex, this is uh, your squad. One of. One of One of your squads. So congratulations to you. This is a big deal. And they're really good. They're really, I mean, my expectation going into the season was that they were going to win the NL West. And now they've done it nine times in the last 10 seasons. Yeah, incredible. Nine of their last 10, the quickest they have ever gotten it done. Um, This season's division title was the Dodgers' 20th NL West title. Get this. The Giants have nine, Padres five, Diamondbacks five, Rockies zero. Together, that combines for 19. The Dodgers have won the NLS 20 (laughs) times. Everybody else has combined for 19. It is truly incredible. And the leader of this team, don't get it twisted, it is still one of the greatest to ever do it, Clayton Kershaw. And when they got this wrapped up, Kershaw had some words down in the locker room that, uh, it was pretty cool to hear him say this, and he had me ready to get emotional and run through a brick wall at the same time, but let's nice. check that out. He took the mound tonight, cursed that little thing up to our guys. This starts with him. I just want to say I love you guys, and thank you for being so good. It's really fun to be on this team. Yeah, you're the man! Really cool. The Dodgers have just steamrolled their division Woo! this year. 43 and 16 against the NLS. 22 and 5 <sighs> since the All-Star break. 22 and 5 against division opponents since the All-Star break. Truly unbelievable. Now, before we have a fun little thing we want to do here in, in just a second, but if you're wondering, which you might not be, but you will be now, the all-time record for wins. 116, the Mariners in 2001. The Dodgers are currently on pace for 112, which would be the fourth most all-time. But if they figure out how to make up for four games between now and the end of the season, they could threaten the all-time record. Now, is that something that they have their sights on and they're going to push hardcore for? No. We saw it immediately. Freddie Freeman gets his first first off day of the season – of the day after they clinch. So um, the Dodgers are incredible. They have been the best team in baseball for the majority of this season. Now, that doesn't go without some concerns for October. There are concerns for me and for Alex as well, but there are very much so positives as well. So what we want to do now is a little, um, you know, why are they going to win the World Series? And why are they not going to win the World Series? One up, one down. So, Alex, I will start with you. What is one positive thing? What is one reason the Dodgers are going to win? Okay. Now, remember that we're here in L.A. The Dodgers are in Los Angeles, the city of stars, Hollywood. You got to have big names. And the Dodgers are not afraid to go out, spend money on big names, and these names are performing and producing. Let's go back to 2020 when they sign Mookie Betts. All right? What does he do? He helps them to a World Series title. He gets the job done. Oh, and during that time, he was top five on the team in batting average, on-base percentage, stolen bases, home runs, and RBI, and it was his second World Series win in three years. Now let's fast forward to 2022. They pick up Freddie Freeman. It's their finishing piece that they need on this team. 
He is the team leader in batting average and hits, also team leader in on-base percentage, total bases. He leads the league in uh, batting average and hits. This guy has showed up, produced, been the difference maker that they need. So they have gone out and gotten two World Series winning players, paid them their money. They have showed up and they have proven themselves to be the perfect fit here in Los Angeles. And two MVPs, Mookie and Freddie, both getting it done with their former teams. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Freddie has really gone under the radar this year. Like we all know he gets he gets moved before the year. And I think people realize he's had a good year, mm-hmm. but leading the league in average and hit like yep. I don't think people Not only realize the that team, good. but all of Major League right. Baseball. He's hitting three twenty nine. Three twenty nine on the season. Pretty Freddie good. Freeman is killing it. So um he is part of my one up, my reason that the Dodgers can win a World Series, and it's their offense. And you know, I, I've I've said this before, but pitching, pitching wins in the playoffs. Now, obviously, having a good offense matters because you want to be able to hit the good pitching. Um, but if there is a team that can slug and hit their way to a World Series title, it is this Dodgers team with an offense. Um, that is one of the best that we've ever seen, and and that is with uh, that that's with Max Muncie not having a good year. That's with Cody Bellinger not being Cody Bellinger of MVP form. Um, that's with plenty of guys struggling throughout the year. They've still been as dominant as they have been. So for me, a reason that the Dodgers will win the World Series is their offense and just how dominant it is. Because it always seems like, guess what? If if the team's not all clicking at once, there is a player on the team that is capable of carrying the team to victory by themselves. Guess what? If everybody on the team isn't hitting, Mookie Betts can take over a game. Freddie Freeman can take over a game. There's plenty of guys. Trey Turner can take over a game. When when Max Muncie is hot, which we've seen him hot early in September, I know it hasn't been a great year for him, but if he can hit like, like we've seen from him in the past and like we saw at the beginning of September, he can carry a team. Um, this just goes on and on. So just imagine if they're all clicking at one time. That is pretty dominant. So for me, a reason the Dodgers can win is their offense. So um, I mentioned there are some concerns, though. So, Alex, do you have any concerns with the Dodgers? I do. And, and, and I say this carefully, you know, because I'm always rooting for the Dodgers to win and do well in the postseason. But as a fan, there has been a little bit of frustration. So my down is Dave Roberts the Dodgers manager. He is one of the greatest regular season managers since joining the team in 2016. They have finished first in the NL West five of those six seasons. But the moment the postseason rolls around, something changes. And it's just a completely different game plan. The Dodgers have 10 blown saves in the postseason during that time that Dave Roberts has been there. That is the most of any other team in the postseason. And when they get to the postseason, they have either lost to the World Series champs 
or have won the World Series, and we all know how many World Series they have in those six years, one. Just one. Yeah, you know, I, I've I've spoken about that before, and it's not obviously just Dave Roberts. There no. are plenty of managers that when the calendar turns to October, they change. Game plan changes. And Dave Roberts is certainly one of those. And, and you see it. Uh, they, they have a best team throughout the regular season. Nine division titles in the last 10 years. One championship in 2020 to show for it, which this team is far too talented. Not just this team. Teams of the past have been far too talented to not win a championship at least a couple of times in this stretch. And you can't blame the manager for all of that. But there are points in which it's like, well, you haven't done this all season when you've been the best team in baseball. Why are you doing it now? Why why experiment now? So you mentioned as well that they lead in, in that time frame under Dave Roberts, they lead baseball and blown saves in the postseason. Yep. Which says a couple things to me. One, you have to be putting yourself in a position to get saves more often than everybody else, which they have been. But two, a question I have for you, Alex, is do you feel any better? about that this year with Craig Kimbrell at the back of the bullpen? <laughs> there was a bit of hope. There was like a little stretch of hope there. Yeah. Not a great show in uh, <clears throat> last night. I, um, they, there has to be some magic in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I've seen across all sports. There's something magical that happens with a specific team. Things have to go your way. Little plays have to go your way. Calls have to co- go your way. A little bit of luck also comes in. I agree. Do they have it? Who, who Who's going to have that bit of luck? Well, Craig Kimbrell leads into my down, Mm, a reason that the Dodgers will not win, and it's their pitching. Um, Their bullpen, Craig Kimbrell at the back end of the bullpen, is it's a concern. Um, Craig Kimbrell is one of the greatest closers of all time. What he did with the Braves was legendary. He will probably be a Hall of Famer someday. That's not the same Craig Kimbrell that we see in the back end of the bullpen for the Dodgers. I do not feel comfortable, and playoff baseball is full of tight games that will come down to the wire. You will need to bring in Craig Kimbrell in the ninth inning, and that is a concern. Also, to me, the rest of their pitching isn't this surefire thing, and I know that the Dodgers starters have been great in the regular season. It's a concern for me in October. Um, to, to run out guys, um, Tyler Anderson, Tony Gonsolin, Julio Urias, they've all been great in the regular season, Clayton Kershaw. I have my concerns with those guys. And to run them out, who, who are you going to throw in a game three or four? Um, do, you, do you trust those guys? Well, yes, but do they have the, the experience to shut guys down in the playoffs? Um, we'll see from Anderson. Gonsolin has been good before in the playoffs, but I just like there's nobody that you point to and say, when we need a win, it's that guy. When you need a win, who are the who are the Mets gonna turn to? Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom. Who are the Braves gonna turn to? Max Fried. You need a win, Max Fried on the mound. They also have other guys. You look at the Dodgers. It's a bunch of guys that have been good in the regular season, but what are you going to get from them in the playoffs? Look, Clayton Kershaw, an all-time great, 
a pretty good year at times. Definitely up and down. There's been some injuries involved, but when he's been healthy, he's been good. Are we relying on him as a, a top guy in the playoffs? Yes, you are if you're the Dodgers. And what are you going to get from him? We don't know. So there's really good arms in the rotation. There's just question marks for me throughout the rotation and the bullpen come October because in October baseball is built around pitching. And do the Dodgers have the pitching to get there? Well, I don't know. If they don't win a World Series, I think the pitching is going to be a big reason why. Um, But from the Dodgers, who have been great, to some other guys who have been great in their own right, Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge, this is an AL MVP update. An MVPU. If you will. Okay. Get yeah, MVP. I get update. You, I got MVP. I got yeah, it. You get it. Got you it. get it. Everybody it. gets it. I got it. An MVP update. Aaron Judge continues to do Aaron Judge things. There's really not a much better way to put it. Home runs 56 and 57 the other night. And I sat right here earlier in the week or last week. I don't remember because time is a circle and it's just all <laughs> running together. But I said, Aaron Judge will do this throughout the year. He will go four or five games without hitting a home run, and he will fall off the pace that he was on, and we'll hear, oh, Aaron Judge is back off of the pace that he was on. He's not going to do it. And then he will hit two home runs in a game. Well, guess what he did? He hit two home runs in a game. He is back on pace to break the all-time Yankees record and the American League record for home runs in a single season. Shohei Otani, well, he's Shohei Otani still, and he's hitting homers. He's driving in runs. He's been very hot offensively, and he's been pitching well as well. So I want to continue to do this MVP update uh, a weekly or however often, an MVP you, my MVP update, and I want to focus on a certain point throughout. And my point here is going to be pretty simple, honestly. Um, we, we can focus on statistics. We can focus on whatever you want. For this one, though, I want to just focus on the player that Shohei is so we can really get a grasp for this because I feel like far too often people will show me, you know, social media has become a craze during this stretch with me because people are just coming after me because I believe that Shohei should win it. And they'll send me the chart of Aaron Judge leading baseball in every category. You know what? Aaron Judge is the best hitter in baseball this year. I'm not sitting here trying to argue that Shohei Otani is a better hitter than Aaron Judge. I'm just by no means doing that. Send me all the charts you want that say Aaron Judge is the best hitter in baseball, and I'll look at it and say, yeah, I agree. This guy's having one of the best offensive years that we have seen. My argument to this is the year that Shohei Otani is putting together. Let's look at who we can compare Shohei to on a pitching side, okay? On the mound this year, Shohei is having a better year than Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, Max Freed, also Earlier this year, Sandy Alcantara was a name that everybody was mentioning as the best pitcher in baseball right now. Guess what? His year is comparable to Shohei Otani's. Sandy Alcantara is 
He's having a fantastic year, but he has 181 strikeouts and 203 innings pitched and virtually the same ERA as Shohei, okay? Listen to that. 181 strikeouts and 203 innings pitched. With virtually the same ERA, Shohei has 188 strikeouts and 141 innings pitched. So, yes. Sandy is a workhorse and goes out and throws eight or nine innings every game. That, yes, I understand that. But we're comparing him to a guy that many were calling the best pitcher in baseball, and he's having a better year on the mound than many of the top aces in the game of baseball. Now at the plate, what if I were to tell you that Shohei has a better OPS plus and WRC plus, which Carlos Correa earlier in the year mentioned himself. My favorite stat to look at for production of hitters is WRC+. Plus. Shohei Otani has a better WRC+, plus than Rafael Devers, Kyle Tucker, Nolan Arenado, Mookie Betts, all this year. So how can you possibly tell me that Aaron Judge, who is having one of the greatest years offensively of all time, and it is fantastic, is more valuable than a player that on the mound is better this year than Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, and at the plate is better than Rafael Devers, Nolan Arenado, Kyle Tucker, Mookie Betts, production-wise. You can't tell me that. So that's the stat. That's the focus for today's MVPU and the reason why I believe Shohei is the MVP. Now here's what Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who notably last year lost out on the MVP award and was on his way to a Triple Crown Award, didn't end up getting it, but lost unanimously to Shohei Otani. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. said on the 2022 AL MVP, to be honest, I think if they give it to Shohei Otani, it will be another steal. I have thoughts. <laughs> Aaron Judge's numbers are way above Otani's. Otani is an excellent player, but for me, the MVP has to be Aaron Judge. Alex, to me, this is an issue. What do you mean another steal? And what do you mean Aaron Judge's numbers are way better? His offensive numbers are way better. Nobody's arguing that Aaron Judge's offensive numbers aren't way better than Aaron Ju- than than Shohei's. But the people that believe Shohei is the MVP, they're not saying that because they think Shohei's better offensively than Aaron Judge. And clearly it looks like Vladimir Guerrero is thinking along those lines, and don't get me started with another steal. Ugh, I have thoughts. Probably a little hurt, honestly. Probably just a little hurt. Which but is fair. It, totally fair. That's normal. But the thing is, two things can be true at the same time, mm-hmm. okay? And right now, we are witnessing two players have MVP caliber seasons. And they're both playing great. As you mentioned, Aaron Judge is the best hitter we are seeing right now. He is chasing history. Chasing. Big difference. Shohei Otani is making history. We have never seen anybody in the history of the game do what he is doing, both at the plate and on the mound. They had to change the rules in Major League Baseball because of Shohei Otani. Now, I don't know if you heard it before, but Kamish Curry already came up with a solution here. You know, all all we got to do here is add another award. We're going to have the mop and the MVP 
And then Vladdy Jr., Judge, all those other players who are having incredible seasons and deserve to be acknowledged for having incredible offensive seasons can also get the reward. But there is no comparison to value and the best player that is out there right now. It is the guy that is an ace on the mound and a power hitter at the plate. You can't compare to it. Speaking of ace on the mound, we heard from we heard from Vladdy Guerrero Jr., but let's also hear now from a former ace on the mound, one of the greats from in the history of the game of baseball, CeCe Sabathia, a former Yankee, ace of the Yankees. Let's hear what he had to say about this AL MVP race. Yeah, Judge, like, it's my little brother. I know, but Shohei's your favorite player of all time. Yeah, and I mean, I, he's the best baseball player to ever play baseball. <laughs> He's the best baseball player to ever do it. He said, Aaron Judge is like my little brother. Yep. But Shohei Otani is the MVP. He's the best to ever do it. Those are big words from former Yankee uh, and and a, just a great, great pitcher, CC Sabathia. So um, that is today's MVPU. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. Speaking of two of the best to do it, um, we need to, to talk about two of the best to ever do it as well. Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina have officially broken the all-time record 325 wow. appearances as battery mates, which is Adam Wainwright pitching to his catcher, Yadi Molina. This is a record that I don't think will ever be broken. It, it appears to be one of the untouchables. And on Wednesday night, the two of them did that 325, passing the former record of 324 games, which was done by Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehan of the Detroit Tigers. No other active players. This is this is where I think you really get a grasp for, for how impressive this is. No other active batteries are even close. The next closest is... Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks, who are over 200 away from reaching them. They are at 105 starts as a battery. Well over 200 away from that. And that's the next active closest. Now, obviously, they won't get there. Kyle Hendricks is a little bit older. Um, this, This feels untouchable, Alex. This feels untouchable. The reason it's so untouchable, I think, is because it is so rare to see a player spend that much time and spend their whole career with a single franchise, let alone two players do it, to have a pitcher and a catcher. I mean, they're one of five active players right now with over 13 seasons with the same team. Like, how do you, there's so much movement these days with players, money, Everything, it just, I I don't see it happening in the modern age of baseball with how often players move around and move teams. I agree. This video playing right now, um, if you're watching, you can see it. If you're listening, you can't. But let me explain. It's Adam Wainwright pitching to Yadi Molina, and it took place 5,640 <laughs> days ago. That's how long these two have been doing it. So, Congratulations to these two. I watched, and um, I was really happy with a few things that happened. The reception from the crowd we knew would be great, um, but it gave me chills watching it. And Christian Yelich, the leadoff hitter for the Brewers, 
gave them that first pitch. He was just standing there. He made it clear he wasn't going to swing. He let Wainwright and Yachty have that moment. Wainwright threw a strike, which I don't think it mattered if it was a strike or not. It was going to get called a strike. Um, but, of course, in Adam Wainwright fashion, he threw a strike. They broke the record. The helmet that Yachty Molina was rocking was unbelievably sick. It had 325 on the top of it with the two of them giving each other a fist bump. So uh, big congratulations to these two. A record that feels as if it may be untouchable, but is it? I put together a little top five list Ooh, okay. that um, of players right now or maybe not right now, but if it were to happen, if it were possible, my top five duos who could break the record. I think this could happen. All right. I want to start at number five. I'll go Logan Webb and Joey Bart. Both of these guys, younger, Joey Bart, young stud, top prospect uh, previously for the Giants, but now he's playing, so... Um, these two are, are on the list. I, I, Logan Webb's a stud. Joey Bart is really good for the Giants. So um, there's a, these are all long shots, but people with a chance. Um, let's move on to number four. And number four, Hunter Brown and Corey Lee of the Houston Astros. Hunter Brown, who we just saw make his debut for the Astros, and Corey Lee earlier this year as well made his debut. Both top prospects within the Astros organization Hunter, uh, Hunter Brown grew up a um, idolizing my brother. He's from Michigan, uh, Tigers fan, idolized Justin. Now they're pitching in the same organization, and his mechanics uh, are eerily similar. Um, and then Corey Lee is a big prospect as well. So Hunter Brown, Corey Lee come in at number four for me on this list. And number three, I'm going to go over to the Orioles. Adley Rutschman. And Grayson Rodriguez. Adley Rutschman has made his debut this year, and he is just as good as we all imagined he might be. Grayson Rodriguez is coming. He is a stud coming up for the Orioles at number three. I have Grayson Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman, who will be around this game for a long time to come. He is already in that conversation of one of the better catchers in the game of baseball. And being as young as he is, uh, that's pretty cool. So let's move on to number two. And number two on my list. I have some Pirates players. I have Quinn Priester and Henry Davis. Uh, a lot of these guys at the, at the top of this list are guys that haven't yet made their debut, but they're really close. They're big-time prospects. Quinn Priester, stud. Henry Davis, going to be a stud. They're here at number two. Number one on my list, two names that a lot of baseball folks know if they are um, pretty if, – if you know prospects, you know these two names – the Los Angeles Dodgers, Bobby Miller and Diego Cartaya. These two for the Dodgers are going to be the real deal. And uh, do I think anybody on this list is going to get it done? No. No. <laughs> no. No, I don't. But these are my top five. If it could get done, this is who is going to do it. What do you think? Well, I, I just for you and the sake of, of you getting this right, I I hope for you that they don't get traded and that yeah, they yeah. stay healthy. Those are the two biggest things. Stay healthy, don't get traded, have a long career. That, that I it's that's what it all depends on. That's why it's crazy. That's why it won't happen. Yeah. I mean, are these guys could will they have 
great long careers. Some of them will, but will two have it together and play for 20 years together and without getting traded or anything? Probably not, and that's what makes this all so freaking impressive. So congratulations to Yadi Molina and Adam Wainwright for their incredible record that might never be touched again in the history of baseball. Um, but speaking of a guy that has watched a lot of them and knows a lot about pitching, a good friend of mine, just an absolute legend. I need to say really nice things about this guy because he is a legend. And if I don't say enough nice things, I'll get called out. Pitching Ninja is joining me. Pitching Ninja, always a pleasure having you on, my friend. This is always fun. Let's talk um, some top five pitches of the week. But first, uh, Adam Wainwright, Yachty Molina, does that ever get touched? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's untouchable. That strike him out, throw him out double play yesterday was fantastic, too, yeah. by the way. Yep, that was awesome. So uh, I have you on every week to talk some of your uh, top five nastiest pitches of the week. And you have some good ones this week, my friend. So let's talk with Bryce Montes de Oca. What's he got for us? We got the mountain of goose, right? I think that that's what it means. <laughs> mountain of goose. <laughs> yes. This is absolutely disgusting, though. I mean, it's 101 mile an hour sinker that just, I mean, that's an alien pitch, right? What do you do with that? Uh, I break a bat and go back to the dugout disappointed in myself and wondering what I just watched. This is this is disgusting. This is moving all over the place at 101 miles an hour. So uh, that's a good one there. Next up for us, you got Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, I love this. I, I, I love myself a good two-seamer, and this one is wicked. I mean, you feel like you're going to wear it right in the ribs, ends up right over the plate at, what is that, 99 miles an hour? 19 inches of run. A lot of these yeah. you'll notice if you're watching, if you're just listening, you can hear us explain in detail these nasty pitches because Rob and I have a tendency to pull out some unexpected adjectives when it comes to these pitches and you never know what you're going to get. But if you're watching, you can see. So if you're on YouTube, you can see what's happening. This pitch is disgusting. And a big part of this I've come to realize is the reaction that batters give. That really helps Rob pick his uh, nastiest pitches of the week, I think. Total, it's kind of like torture, though. Like, I mean, I kind, <laughs> kind of feel mad, uh, bad sometimes for the hitters, but I get over it really quick. Uh, next up on your list, Framber Valdez against Javi Baez. What do you got for us? Yeah, this is talking about feeling bad for a hitter. Not really. But this is mean. Like, the first one is like what I call an experiment. Curveball, his bat disappears like Harry Potter. And then he swings in another one and lets one go right down the middle for a K. <laughs> like, what is up with that? Um, I can explain what's up with that because I did it a uh, a plethora of times, if you will, is just disgusting pitches like that. It's impossible to lay off of. So anybody sitting at home that sees a pitch bouncing the grass in front of the plate wondering, what are you swinging at? Well, I was swinging at a 100-mile-an-hour fastball that I thought was coming, and it didn't. That's why I swung at that. And then that's why I took the pitch down the middle because I thought it was going to be a curveball in the dirt, and it wasn't. I, I totally 100% agree with you, and I would love – the one thing we can do together is get rid of people saying, what did you swing at? Or why did you take that pitch? <laughs> yeah. To be honest, like that's why I do overlays and stuff. It's yeah. exactly that reason. Yeah. That's why I love them. And next up uh, was a great one. A great pitch from you. Saw this on Twitter. I retweeted this and talked about it myself. Luis Castillo's 99 mile an hour two seamer. 
Yeah, just a, another alien pitch. The man is a wizard at times, and this pitch, you get Soto swinging at a pitch that ends up way out of the zone, another 19-inch runner right there. That's that's nasty. Now, Juan Soto might not be having a year that we've come to realize up to his standards, but you know what he still does have? One of the best eyes of all time and knows the strike zone better than anybody. So to see this pitch that's 99 miles an hour and ends up way outside of the strike zone swung at, I think that should tell everybody looking just how disgusting it was. And this was in my tweet. This is moving like a left-handed slider. That's how much this is moving. Absolutely. And if I need to describe it to people that can't see it, I go, something like that. Is that that pretty good? Very well said. I think I I have it now. Just from hearing that, I think I can understand it. Uh, Next up on your list, Spencer Strider. So we don't always get good home plate views of pitches. And I thought this sums up why the man is so tough to hit. He has like a 13.8 K per nine. I mean, and this is one reason like you're hitting, you're trying to hit a 98 mile an hour fastball and you get that slider that just drops off the face of the earth. Just filthy. And you can see it in the overlay. Yeah. And and I'm with you. You made a good point there at the beginning. It doesn't have much to do with Spencer Strider, but uh, if I were in charge of growing the game of baseball and promoting the game, uh, I've said this multiple times, let's put let's put cameras on umpires' hats and let people understand just what the batter is seeing. Uh, I think that would be a pretty cool thing to do. I totally agree, and I think the Giants have probably the best home plate view in baseball. I'd love to see more teams at least implement that. Sometimes the umpire's head moves and stuff, so it's tougher. Sometimes they nod off in the middle of a game, so the camera might face down. <laughs> uh, but but having a, st- having a camera right behind home plate lets you really see the movement of the pitches. Uh, next up, and I swear you don't do this just because you're oh. coming on my show. You do it because he's one of the best pitchers in the game of baseball. You have Shohei Altuve versus uh, Shohei Otani versus <laughs> Jose Altuve. A little bit of dyslexia there. <laughs> I had to I had to put a little dig on the Astros here just for your uh, brother's benefit. Yeah, a little combo. Uh, but, here. Yeah, exactly. No, but the, he took it. I mean, he took it like a champ. Look at his Altuve's reaction says everything here. This is a 99 mile an hour turbo sinker. That again, Otani started throwing like what a month ago. A month ago. And already this thing is absolutely disgusting. Gets him twice on it. And Altuve both times thought these were four seamers. And he ends up going, Yeah, it's on me, man. That was nasty. Unbelievable. Um, he is he's a unicorn and he makes some of the best hitters in the world look crazy as well. Uh, you got a you got a bonus for us. Uh, and and I hated this as a batter with a burning passion. Um, so tell us a little bit about Nestor Cortez here. So I I love it because I know it's you entertaining. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it on this side now that I can talk about the game. I didn't love it when I was in a box. So tell me what would happen here if you were in the box. Is this more about you laughing because of this weird windup? Or is it more throwing your timing off? Like, this is incredible. I find it funny. I think, I think Nestor is a comic genius as well as a good pitcher. And uh, I was just wondering from a hitter standpoint, like, does this mess your timing up or are you just too busy laughing or does it matter? Uh, A little bit of a combo. It messes timing up and then you laugh afterwards. Um, So this is Nestor Cortez doing just some 
insanely impressive. It's actually impressive when you think about it. Some impressive um, trickeration here and to get you off your timing. So yes, as a batter, especially if you have a bigger leg kick or a bigger stride, really throws you off. And then after you probably swing and miss or take it, most likely, uh, you're just laughing. Yeah, and if you're at home, I mean, try doing some of Nestor's Nestor's balance stuff. It's not that easy. You may actually fall. No, maybe I shouldn't say do it because you may end up getting hurt. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. You can't sue me. Don't do it. Don't do it. These um, are trained professionals. Next up for a bonus, Adam Adovino. Yeah, this is mean of me, but it's an unhittable pitch. I mean, this ball ends up... <laughs> This ball ends up halfway up the backstop. And I feel bad. The little dot is on that dude's face. Like, that's uncool. I'm sorry, Adam. He's great. I've interviewed him. He's fantastic. He but. has uh he's on this list. He's on your good side on here a good bit for some some wizardry with some pitches. Yeah, exactly. So he's got a good sense of humor, I hope. And uh it's it's just a it's a slider that went a little bit awry. <laughs> um, last up for us here, uh, uh, one more honorable mention. You know, sometimes Rob, even good pitches get hit. Yeah, and I I really really hate doing this. And again, just maybe for your benefit here, but this is Shohei hitting a ball that I was watching it live, and I was like, there's no way this ball is going out. He's fooled. He's on his front foot and somehow flicks the ball over the fence off Lu- off Luis Garcia and that's uh that's that's not fair. It's not fair. He is one of one and you my friend are one of one as well. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you for coming on and uh talking to me every week about your nastiest pitches. Always a lot of fun. So thank you again for joining me. Thanks Ben. As always, you're awesome. You're awesome. No, you're awesome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Everything is cool. Okay, I'll stop. Sorry. No, take it away, please. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I just watched the Lego movie again, so I love it. All right, so uh, Rob's great. I always love having him on. Um, but now, are we? Is this pick to click? This is pick to click. So I need before we get to this week's pick to click, uh, a couple of a couple of mentions here. Okay. One, yours last week was uh, Albert hitting a home run and Aaron Judge hitting three. three. For those that weren't keeping track of home, that you should be throughout this whole process, um, Albert Pujols hit two, and Aaron Judge hit, hit two. two. It wasn't looking good for you. I know. I, I Going into the beginning of this week, I was like, come on, Judge. Come on. You can do it. And then I was – he was last bat last night, had a chance, and then, yeah, no, didn't get the home. Alex so, and I no, were texting I, throughout this process. of Two days ago, there was no <sighs> chance he got this. And then he hits two and got close. Um, so you did not get yours no close. Mine was Julio Rodriguez becoming the third rookie of all time to go 25-25, 25 home runs, 25 stolen bases. And he did it. He got it done. Uh, this Julio Rodriguez is one of the most impressive young players in all of baseball, one of the most impressive players in baseball. Uh, to do this, he joins Mike Trout and Chris Young, as the only rookies to ever do it. But Julio Rodriguez is actually the only rookie to ever do it in his first season. Trout, obviously, and and Young get called up during that call-up, but their next year was still officially the rookie season when they got it done. So Julio joined some elite company. He got it done. And more so impressive is that he helped me get my pick to click. (sighs) Um, So 
Okay. Let's do this week's pick to click. Alex, what you got? All right. Well, I feel since I I picked Albert to hit a home run last week, and I want to will this into existence because I do believe we are seeing the greatest farewell tour of all time from Albert Pujols Woo! chasing 700 home runs. So I'm going to stick with this home run meter for both Pujols and Judge, I'm going to alter it a little. I'm going to say Pujols <laughs> is going to get one. Judge is going to get two. And I'm hoping I'm just giving him some extra luck here because I want to see greatness happen. I just hope you keep the good mojo going for both of them, honestly. Right? I know your pick-to-click fell one short. But, but if they, you add them together. They both hit two. Yeah. It was all the home runs I I I'd said. Yeah. You said four were going to happen. Four did. <laughs> four if happened. you add them together. You know what? And that's like say, my brother and I, I, if you add together our career Major League Baseball strikeouts, we're top 15 <laughs> all time in strikeouts, Justin and Ben Verlander. So really, I don't know why we don't do more yeah. adding together. Same, I, same. I think. Um, my pick to click this week. Um, speaking of my brother there, uh, Justin comes back after couple of weeks, almost three weeks, of not being, uh, not not pitching with his injury. Justin comes back on Friday. He makes his first start back. My pick to click is that Justin comes back, part one, pitches, part two, gets a win, part three, and throws at least six innings with at least six strikeouts. I think that's fair. I would have gone more, but he hasn't pitched in a little while, so I don't know if he's going to have a longer leash. Um, so... Justin's back. That's the big news here. You don't have any inside info? He didn't tell you how long his leash is going to be? Are we? No. I feel like this would be a little bit of insider info. No? Okay. Family? I'm, I'm okay. sticking away right. in my pick. To, I take pick okay. to clicks seriously. Okay. And there will be no insider <laughs> info from either of us, okay? We'll just have to take your word for it. So no calling up your angels friends and uh -huh. trying to figure out anything here in the future. Uh -huh. um, so that was good. Pick to click. Um, Trivia. Running back home run. Justin back on the mound for me. Now it's on to, you can hear the music. It is it's my time. time to shine. Alex, take it away. I it actually trivia. feel really good for you uh, about okay. these trivia questions. Oh, great. I always hate when people say that You're because welcome. it puts even more pressure You're on You're welcome. Me. All right. Man, you should get this Yeah, one. you should get it. Okay, let's start. How many times have the Dodgers finished with the most wins among ALNL teams and won the World Series? I, what? How many times have they finished with the most wins and won the World Series? I'm going to yes. guess once. Twice. Twice. Yes. 2020 and 1955. Now you could see where my confusion set in when you it looked like you were giving me a zero and then you put up a two. So... Either oh, way. I was waiting. I was waiting. Uh, you're so you, I was like, I was, I was hoping it was like this. Right? I thought you were trying to give me like a hint under oh, the no. radar. So I was about to, but again, no insider info <laughs> here. Uh, okay, two. 20, two. I knew 2020, um, but I I was just born during the 1955 yep. season, so I wasn't quite up to date on it's that. Okay. Uh, it's a little back in my memory, but okay, 0 for 1. All right. Number two, when Bryce Harper tied for his only National League home run title with 42 home runs in 2015, which player shared the crown with him? In 2015. In 2015. Who did he share the crown with? Yeah. National League. Yep, 42 home runs in 2015. said his name today already. I said his name today already. I, I'm not listening to this timer. 20 seconds. Uh, don't give me a buzzer yet. Are you going to say someone? I said his name already today. Was it in trivia that I said his name? Uh -uh. No. Okay. I'm going to go 
2015. Would it be Albert Pujols? Nope. Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. 2015 was too late for Albert. Albert was already DHing and not doing great at that time. Yeah. That's okay. Nolan Arenado. Okay. I don't know why you felt so. This is these are hard. No, um, yeah, just wait, just maybe, wait. Maybe hopefully they get a little easier. No, this is where, yeah. Here we go. Okay. What famous baseball player visited the child in his dreams in the 1990s movie The Sandlot? What baseball player visited What, what famous baseball player visited the child in his dreams? In the 1990s movie, The Sandlot. Babe come on. Ruth. Yes. Favorite. The Great Bambino. I know. Uh, yeah. Oh, so like, come on. No, 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 yeah. no, no, but the then I started Bambino. thinking, like, if Benny the Jet visited, like, no. did the little kid visit someone? But yeah, okay. Yeah. Then I really visited in his yes. dreams. Yeah. Yes. Babe Ruth, The Great Bambino. The Great Bambino. SWAT. I could keep going. Love that movie. Extra Want some credit? more? Extra credit. Want some more? Okay, ready? Ready for the next? Yeah. Feeling good? I'm feeling better. Good. Once I get on a roll, I really get on a roll. All right, let's go. How many World Series titles do the New York Yankees have? 27. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? We're rolling hey. now, baby. All, All right. right. Last one. What MLB team is the only team to have never played in the World Series? Can you repeat that? What M? What major league team is the only team to have never played in the World Series? Never played in the World Series. Is it the Texas Rangers? No, they also have like the biggest drought right now. The Mariners. Yes. If, when did the Rangers play in a World Series? Oh, I don't know that number. Someone gonna? Is, yeah. Let's is the voice in our head gonna tell us? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Mariners, the longest yeah. playoff drought. Um, I, I I did. I just thought there were more than one. The Car- the Cardinals. Oh, mm. uh, the David Free series. Ah, yeah, ah. yeah. Uh, okay, is that my last? That was your last one. Okay, two it's for, okay. Two for three, but got on a roll there. You Positive did. energy throughout. That's good for something. I'm gonna give myself a C plus for not only the two correct answers, a little bit of extra credit in there, and my okay. positivity and um, good energy and smile on my face throughout. So <laughs> C plus. C plus. I'll take it. Okay, great. Let's move to fan questions. Fan questions. Yeah. Ready? Let's do it. Okay. First one. Moving Javier back to the pen and the addition of Brown, are the Astros the best all-around pitching staff of teams poised for the playoff? This is tough. Um, I am going to say yes. I am going to say the Astros are the best all-around pitching staff that's poised for the playoffs. Now hear me out here. Because a lot of people won't quite, uh, I don't think a lot of people know this. Their rotation has been unbelievably dominant, led by my brother, Justin. Fromber Valdez is on a quality start stretch, unlike we have seen uh, the longest in Astros history. And currently, on pay- it's up there all time in the history of baseball. Then Lance McCullers is back. He's been dominant. And oh, by the way, the bullpen which last year ranked in the middle of the pack, this year has been the best bullpen in terms of Team ERA in all of the game of baseball. They're also the only team with a bullpen ERA under three, and it's in the 2.8. It's not even really close. So, yes, the answer to this question is yes. The Astros pitching staff is poised, that is poised for the playoffs is the best all around in baseball. 
No bias there. Absolutely no bias there. Okay, let's move to our second fan question. And remember, you guys, you can send us all of your fan questions to Flippin' Bats Pod throughout the week. We'll get them in when we can. We want to hear from you guys. Okay, second one up. With the playoffs quickly approaching, which teams are not currently in the playoffs do you think have a good chance to clinch a wildcard berth? Ooh, good question. Team not currently in the playoffs that I think has a chance. I, I really think there's only one. I think there's one team. You look at the American League, are the Orioles going to get in? As much as I would like to see it happen, probably not. Uh, My pick comes from the National League side, the Milwaukee Brewers. The Padres, disappointing, and they are continuing to disappoint, though I believe they can do it. Um, I'm believing a little less than I was like, you know, okay. um, the Brewers are playing good baseball, but they have a very tough schedule. But my answer here is of everybody. The Brewers have the best chance. Love it. All right. We got one more. Okay. But I don't think it's a question. Oh, it's not. I think it's more. We had a uh, somewhat. I know where we're okay. going here. Okay. I don't. So you tell me. So, oh! <laughs> yeah, yes. as you, as you know, um, well, one of our favorite interests is in the game of baseball. Timmy Trumpet, Narco, Edwin Diaz coming in the game. Um, so my challenge to Alex was to figure out how to play it. <laughs> and she started this journey uh, last week, and we saw the first ever video of her oh. learning to, to play the trumpet. And one, I have a question of how that's going. But first, we tweeted this out, and Timmy Trumpet responded to you. He followed he responded, I <laughs> he laughed a little inside knowing that he watched that happen <laughs> with how great he is. Because the moment like I got a little bit of sound out of that trumpet, I was like, oof, mad respect. Mm-hmm. Mad respect for Timmy Trumpet. Do you have an update for but us? But he's along for the ride. Because he's, yeah. he's along for the ride here. I know. I know. Pressure's on. Uh, next lesson is next week. So you will have next Thursday, you will have an update. And we'll get another video another. That was in all of its glory <laughs> like we had earlier. So, um, Alec, uh, Alex Trumpet, uh, update coming for I'll you next it. week. Uh, that is our final, no more fan questions. Was, I, I guess that's it. it. Yeah. Um, one final thing here. It is Roberto Clemente day across major league baseball. And this is important. Um, not only because of the player himself that Roberto Clemente was, he was, he was a great, he was an all-time great. The accolades go on so many All-Star games, 3,000 career hits, four batting titles, 15-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, 12-time Gold Glover. The accolades go on. But as impressive as he was on the field, he was more impressive off of the field for the person he was, the humanitarian work that he did, and for those that don't know the story, unfortunately, in, uh, on New Year's Eve in 1972, Roberto Clemente passed away uh, in a plane crash on his way to Nicaragua um, to help those in desperate need after a devastating earthquake. So he passed away in a plane crash on the way to do what he did best, and that is humanitarian work. Um, Roberto Clemente Day is today in baseball, and it's a day to look back and remember the person he was, appreciate what he did, and really just to all remember to be a good person. It's not really that hard. Roberto Clemente growing up, uh, grew up in a less than middle class family and made his own glove, 
made his own bat out of a tree and just learned to fall in love with the game of baseball. And it led him to, to where he got to, which is one of the greatest of all time. And eventually to becoming the first ever Latin American baseball player to be inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. So on this day, we remember Roberto Clemente. I am wearing his jersey. It is one of my favorites, not only because it's an awesome jersey, but because of what it represents. And he represents all that is right with Major League Baseball. Play the game hard on the field. Do what's right off of the field. And uh, you'll be remembered forever as Roberto Clemente is. So uh, that does it for this Thursday live episode of Flippin' Bats. Alex, this one, this was a lot of fun. This was a ton of fun. Uh, I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats. But thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed this one. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Follow along on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And you can watch every single episode as well on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod. I hope you guys had fun. Alex and I sure did. But until next time, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.